Escape from Plan A. Where should we start? Uh, welcome to New York, man. Thanks. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's the best food ever. Are you into Queens? I am. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and at the at the risk of perhaps, you know, uh, romanticizing Queens more than I should, I yeah. am. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's like there's no place like it. So Ray Ray is uh, sitting in my living room here in Queens, and. Uh, We've never, I mean, I haven't met you prior to, but I do, it's funny because like when I meet people that I talk to a lot online, uh, I don't actually feel like I, I've just met you. Like I, I'm like, oh, hey, Ray. <laughs> it's, I've gotten so used to meeting people from the internet that it's like actually like I actually meet them online. And then when I see them in real life, it's not, it's like a non-event. I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and you know, I, I think it is easier too because you've seen how i talk yeah i think i think if it wasn't through a pod mm -hmm. it would be like oh this guy talks differently than the way i imagined right yeah it's the it's yeah it's how someone talks that is really defines uh because i've seen picture of you and like I'm, I'm like oh like the second i was like oh that's ray you know whatever yeah, yeah i know what you're gonna sound like and but the difference is i've noticed at least for me yeah, yeah, yeah. is i tend to get a lot more uh, I, I'll disagree with people a lot more vociferously on like remotely, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, like, I, you're just an idea and abstraction <laughs> to an extent. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But if I see you in real life and I'm like, wait, now I have to treat him like a a fellow. <laughs> no, 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 don't do that. I think I think it's more interesting <laughs> if I'm an abstraction. <laughs> Probably because yeah. the purity of ideas. Yeah. Because then we can actually pursue the purity of ideas. Yeah. Without without ego yeah but i'm not even really listening sometimes <laughs> <laughs> you're like it's a re, re, re it's, has to correct a little yeah like okay. i actually will listen better in, in person <laughs> which is why i think people have said uh that in person is usually better uh a method to do pods oh interesting because yeah. uh people will actually listen to each other more <laughs> and I, just i'm so i'm so fucking angry on the internet but in real life as you can see i'm not I'm not quite as uh, worked up. It's a good anger. So. <laughs> it's, it's well appreciated. Yeah, but you're the same. You're you're uh, you're you're as measured as you are. <laughs> on Talking about theory is way too fucking much. Right. So we just came back from uh, we just came back from this food court nearby, which is a this new like Chinese style food court or whatever, and we were having this conversation uh, that we thought might be interesting. We were, don't know where it's a kind of Ab it's a kind of big topic, I guess, but a jumping off point into it might be Simu Liu. And um, this this thing, I think it was even like, it was in like Neck Shark or what. It's like a very niche little subject or whatever, but it's kind of mainstream just because Simu is like, you know, the new Disney guy, right? He's the new Marvel guy. And um, it was a series of tweets by this guy who's, Twitter handles Studio Glibly about uh, about about Simu kind of like reinforcing 
uh, the patriarchy, white patriarchy, and how, you know, he should be a more outspoken voice against sort of toxic masculinity, I would say. I mean, kind of painting in broad brushstrokes. Is that how you interpreted the what happened? As if it was. I mean, honestly, I don't. I don't even know quite what happened because I don't. I don't follow the guy, but yeah. I know that there's been kind of a lot of responses toward him. Yeah. Um, as well as sort of whether this is about Simu at all or or, or, or something else. Yeah. Right. Um, and. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that the. the the centerpiece for me in terms of, of, of um, you know, what, what this guy has said as well as sort of what, you know, people have said about him, um, you know, is this idea of, of power and do, does a disenfranchised group have the right to pursue power how it's currently defined? Right. That's what we were talking about over the skewers. Yeah, yeah that's and right. Then, now I'm back on track. That's yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I think it's really complicated because, mm-hmm. and you know, you, in, it's pr- probably pretty obvious, but I, I haven't made up my mind about this, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that, um, I think there's a lot of, of going on. Well, one, I think that he just doesn't have a lot of credibility with to, to talk to other Asian men, mm-hmm. you know, because he's Glibly doing- Glibly you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think, you know, there's, there's this thing where there is this trend and I think it's kind of problematic where- you can you can say something in many different ways. You can say the same truth in many different ways, right? And I think that for him, a lot of it is sort of like throwing cert, certain men under the bus for his own gain. And and this is you know it could just be Twitter, but this is an archetype of a way of talking. But I do think there is some truth to what he's saying, um, and it's it's it, it does beg the question of of how wh- what kind of power can we tolerate? When when a, a group is disenfranchised, you know, for for this is it's Asian men, right? And so I think what he's trying to say is that, in some ways, um, by by having a brand that's predicated on, oh, you know, I'm super I'm super sexy, uh, you know, I have abs, I you know I you know, my power is predicated on my body. Um, it is, you know, um, it's supporting and upholding this, this system, right? Um, of a certain type of power. And I think it's tricky because you see this with all groups. It's not just Asian men and, and not even Asian America, right? You, you know, you see this with, um, you know, with uh, uh, lean-in white corporate feminist types, right? Where, you know, more socialists will be like, yeah, I don't know, you know. But at the same time, they have a grievance narrative, right? They, they're they pursuing power the way it's currently defined. Not some grand abstraction for, for the future, but currently. Yeah, I mean, I think... I also see some truth to what he's saying, uh, though I don't think he articulated it in a way that is digestible. Agreed. Um, as for, and I, like, I don't have a problem with Simu and, and other people saying, Hey, Asian guys can be just as objectively sexy under, you know, prevailing. I don't want to call it Western definitely. Like everyone likes abs in the world now. Everyone likes, <laughs> you know, everyone likes tall men, muscular. Like it's, I don't want to say that that is a, white standard or something um but i i will say that uh you know i think it's a it's an issue of so so again i don't have a problem with that i i just think that there is a larger potential for what the asian man in this society stands for because 
the the issue that he's addressing is very particular to Asian men. And it's like our own, you know, a special form or from our perspective, a specialized form of racism that's gendered against us. And while true, I think number one is that's that's been true for a lot of groups, right? It's not just Asian guys that have had that leveled against them. Black men have been emasculated too, so to speak, right? So I guess to me, it's like, I have no problem with him pointing this out. I'm just saying that I definitely would not hold Simu up as the paragon of what an Asian man could be in the society in terms of his political identity. Because let's face it, um, in many ways, in many material ways, uh, the Asian man is as close to the white man as you will get in our particular racialized society. And so the, the, the ways in which we as Asian men pursue equality with white men is a very like individualized struggle to, for our own benefit. Yeah. And there's no, it doesn't get, it doesn't help people get over themselves. You know, and it doesn't help us like identify that our experience of the problem is really should could be an entryway to our understanding of like much bigger problems than whether the Asian man is properly sexualized in media. So I think I'm not trying to minimize the problem so much as to say like I think that we need a more vision or more imagination. Than, than just like, you know, if I'm viewed as desire, as desirable as other kinds of men in society, or if I'm, you know, whatever, then my problems are solved. Right, right, right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel like this is such a wedge too in our community. I mean, meaning sort of broader Asian America, which is basically um, the question mark of, of do Asian men, quote unquote, deserve this grievance narrative? And I think it's really hard because... Um, I want, I, you know, I want to encourage Asian men to, um, it, it, often it is our first taste of, you know, systemic disenfranchisement, other, you know, being othered. Um, and I think it's really tough because sometimes you don't know where it takes Asian men. Like sometimes it, it allows us to bur like, like burrow ourselves even deeper within ourselves. And sometimes it is indeed the gateway drug to, you know, uh, see like other people's pain and other people's sort of disenfranchisement. But before we can even do that, someone else is saying, no, you can't, you know, your, yours doesn't count. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it, it's like, it's like a tricky thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Because we, we are, um, yeah, it does fall either way because on the one hand you could say, if you want to side with those who are advancing, as you put it, a grievance narrative, well, we're on the bottom of the stack. Uh, because I think it's widely understood that Asian men are not, we're like an intermediate, if there is a racial hierarchy, we're sort of in the intermediate phase of that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Whether whether you experience that in your life or not, that is the perception. Totally, totally, yeah. You, you know, and I think we suffer from that in a way because it's like, it's like middle child syndrome where, you know, if you're valuing youth, well, you're not the youngest. If you're valuing Asian experience, you're not the oldest. So you're always kind of subordinated, like no matter what you do, right? 
And I, I'm just wondering if there's a way you think that we could flip the script a little bit to say that, and 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 maybe this pod is exploring a lot of the of the um, of the discourse that I think online Asian guys who like go hard on this topic sort of reject out of hand hmm. that it might be a good thing for Asian guys to admit or understand or uh, I don't know what the word is, but recognize that if you do enjoy a measure of privilege, I'm not saying that like you're like a white, you know, you're, you don't have any problems, but I'm just saying that if you find yourself to be, um, it would be so easy for someone like, for, for like us, right? Uh, well-educated. We went to the best schools, graduate degrees. We had great careers ahead of us. And, you know, like we, we were granted access in all the material ways that you really w- would deem material, right? That even with that, it would be so easy for us to just be like, you know, you know what, just just like make us sexy on screen and fucking call it a day, right? But I just feel like that it was such a that's such a waste of potential because like if we have experienced discrimination that we need to uh like we we need to empathize that we're we're we're, we're experiencing something that others are experiencing often in ways much worse than us. And I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about a particular class of Asian men. I think there's Asian men who, who right, right. you know what I mean? But like for those of us who do have that measure of like assimilated privilege, um, that you would go dig into the ways in which you did eat despite that experience racial discrimination or, or racial bias, you know it's real. And if it's affecting even us, it's got to be affecting other people much in – Ways we have not experienced uh, ourselves, like yeah. it's pretty. Like I guess what I'm saying is like the shit that we that we suffer should be just sort of like you could treat it as like proof that there is a really big problem out there. Yeah, and if you're true to that experience, that you have to go all the way. You can't just be like, well, could you just exempt me, <laughs> right? Like just. Just exempt me and then we'll be cool. I'll be cool with you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Just one way of looking. I'm not saying that that's the story for Asian guys, but I'm saying that's just one way to look at it that I find helps me get over myself and my individual issues, which are, you know, like not that big a deal, to be honest, you know? But it's like, what do I learn from that? What do I take from that? I think is the more important... Uh, uh, is a more important thing. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a couple things here. One mm-hmm. is, is, you know, do, do you find that people, when you were saying like in many material ways, we are the closest thing to white men. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that proximity, the closer you are to white men, the more willing or the more unwilling perhaps to, to put forth, um, you know, a radical form of fuck you ism, you know, that, that, that sort of really overflow, uh, you know, flips the whole, whole system or, or, or do you feel like, or do you feel like, you know, the reason why we haven't seen a broader instantiation of like 
whatever, uh, re-empowerment because I don't know, we're just not uh, like allowed to have our own grievance narrative. So we hold on to no, 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 no. We must be look sexy. Mm. Um, I think it's like, I mean, for me personally, and I think this is more personal discussion, right? Is like, um, the more, the more I felt like, you know, I went to like, you know, I went to like, you know, elite law school and I had like, you know, I had a very, I have a very like typical, you know, professional class experience where I'm surrounded by like white people and I'm, and I'm working in jobs that I can twist into sounding important <laughs> if I want to. Sure, I can, yeah. you know, they're not important, but I can twist them into sounding <laughs> impressive if I really put some effort into it. In that process, I would say that I felt more and more disgusted by what mm. I was seeing. Uh, and I didn't, I don't know if it came, I mean, I think I always found that I had to be excluded from a lot of that because the things I was seeing definitely were like white male types of behavior, but it would transfer onto others. Like I did see like Asian Asian men that were like mentors to me engage in similarly questionable things and, and black men too. And yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. like what like it's not just white men. Okay. It's like an elite attitude. Totally. It's a it and it's part of a system of individual striving that 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 you know I, I guess I just always was a more coalitionally minded person, meaning like I always liked the, the concept of solidarity. And in those, in that culture, in that corporate culture, it does not reward or encourage that in the least. It's all about personal, uh, individual striving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, that I think is what ultimately disgusted me. Hmm. And so I guess like for me, it's kind of like, what are you taking a stand against? Are you taking a stand against the ways in which being Asian has hobbled your ability to compete for yourself and to strive for your own individual success? Or is it because you realized that there, that this kind of, that this kind of culture that is really hard on non-white people? And white people, I would say, to, I mean, in their terms of their well-being, but the racial component to it was really a function of the, the, I mean, you know, people call it like the neoliberal framework or whatever, what I'm saying, but this concept of every person for themselves. And at bottom, I think that's what I came out of it with. Is, so, so take this know. back to Simu, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's not just sort of a traditional form of masculinity, but you're you're also saying kind of an atomized view of self-striving. Yeah. I thought that, you know, Simu, for example, like he, what is he celebrating? He's celebrating or, or celebrating Simu's success here as being cast as Shang-Chi in a minor MCU version, you know, phase two universe right. boot of a totally trivial character who's the son of... Uh, Fu Manchu. I mean, like, okay, right, what right, are we celebrating right. here? At the end of the day, we're celebrating the fact that someone in casting, probably a white person, chose him over other people. So we're celebrating the decision that, like, a white corporate executive made. And Simu is bragging about 
having convinced them to pick him. And it made me a little bit sad in the sense that, like, you know, he had to get chosen over a couple other Asian actors. Ludi Lin. Um, oh, shit. What's his name? The guy from Wu Assassins. Uh, shit, his, name, his name. But anyway, it was a victory of that he scored over other Asian actors. And it, it was kind of sad because, like, I saw those other Asian actors immediately take to Twitter and start congratulating him and That's trying right. to build up that sense of solidarity. Oh, yeah, like Louis Tan. Louis yeah, yeah, Tan. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, mm-hmm. Louis Tan. And see, that was an experience that I really recognized because I was like, see, this is solidarity in that world. Right, right. It, it is ultimately individual striving. And you've got this sort of, like, frenemy coalition of people wishing you well. But, you know, they're jealous. You know, they're resentful for not having gotten it. You know, they're trying to... You know, it's like despite the thing that we're all going after, we can still maintain some level of superficial uh, solidarity. Right, right, right. Because only one can win. Only one can win. It's and atomized. it's a white person choosing you, right? That's right. That's right. So at the end of the day, it's a, the whole story is totally subordinate. And before they picked Simulu and decided they were going to do a Shang-Chi movie, I mean, wasn't everyone pretty much on board with the idea that Disney was playing a really, you know... Um, opportunistic form of identity politics and you know you know they can't be taken seriously in their efforts to to put like an asian woman into star wars and rose tico and all this stuff or they're going to cast a black woman as the little mermaid or like we, like he is part of that he's and then all part of, sudden, of that bullshit and then all of a sudden the tables turn and then you're super happy exactly and i think that is you know the simu lu story to me is the story i think of a it's the same experience that I had, uh, it had been in, in sort of broad strokes in terms of like what it felt like <clears throat> to be uh, an Asian man in a, in, a, in a sort of cutthroat corporate environment is like, you know, at the end of the day, we're all out here for ourselves. Why are we even beating around the bush? And it's all full of like double standards. It's full of, um, you know, careful wording. And it's it's just very hard to be. It's very hard to have a consistent worldview. Mm. You ha- you just have to become a very selfish person. And if you don't prioritize yourself, nothing makes sense in that in 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 that world. Right, right, and 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 to some extent, this is all all of Hollywood. And and you know, Studio Ghibli wasn't really attacking the decision, and maybe he should be, but he was kind of attacking you know Simulu's brand. Um, and, and here's where it gets really tricky because I, I feel like he sort of attacked it, but didn't really give an alternative. And so what I want to sort of posit is, you know, or ask at least is, um, if, if there is an ounce of truth to that, right, that, that, you know, what, what he is sort of ascribing to is, is power as it is seen now. And in some ways, so, some ways that can't really be pathologized in the same way that, you know, like I'm never really going to critique a lean in. Uh, like a lean in corporate feminist uh, for for trying to you know uh, go up the, the 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 corporate ladder. You wouldn't do that. I I mean I I feel like they're 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 basically trying to empower themselves in in power defined currently, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and, for sure. And I do think that there is a more courageous instantiation and definition of that power. But until that is more widely known, and that and that's and that's kind of where I want to push it, right? And so, what Studio Globally didn't say, 
was what is that actual definition right and because like i think what, it, what should his brand be yeah what should have what should Simon leo's brand be mm. right well i think the concept of brand is like you can't get anywhere if you're starting from the concept of a personal brand right 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 because because victories so, are atomized it's not about collective uplift i think so yeah I, I think that's what's missing. I mean, I'm not trying to say that we should totally not have any self-interest and whatever. I'm just saying, like, if you look at the state of the world, I mean, I think it's a, it's an issue of balance and it's an issue of what we emphasize. We don't ever emphasize anything beyond in practice. I mean, in words, it's one thing. Like, if you want to hear what people are saying, uh, it sounds like we're all out for each other, right? We're all out here to uplift each other. But in practice, in actual lived life, in what you have to prioritize uh, what you have to devote your energy to, how you have to actually spend your life living, it is entirely about the individual. That's right. You know, and I think that that for him to even couch it in terms of what your personal brand is doesn't escape that framework. So, what could he have said? I mean, I think the second he said what his personal brand should have been, it's it's, it's lost. It, it's not about his personal brand. You know, I think it's about the entire concept and the system by which. Um, the an individual person's success, you know, being cast for a movie, you know, we can somehow twist that into being like some sort of like communal shared success. Yeah. And perhaps we could make the case that there, there is something to that. Yeah, but then that when, that's not entirely inaccurate. It's not entirely inaccurate. But on the other hand, when it's done for other groups, we can see right through it. Right. So like when it's when it's the casting of a black woman for Little Mermaid or something, I mean, it's not hard to see through that. Right. Um, oh, that is performative. It's performative. It's, checklisty. It, yeah, yeah, it's 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 um, it's it's uh, um, patronizing, you know. And and it's hard here because I feel like we're so sensitive about, or we've become so accustomed to this being the Asian male grievance narrative that we suddenly have lost. I mean, I feel this way. I feel I like I love I, lo- I love Simulu. I, I like primarily through Kim's Convenience, which I think is a genius show. Yeah, I agree. It's I a agree. genius show, and it's I think even, he's really even though it's beloved, too. it's it's underrated. Um, totally. And he's a very talented guy. Uh, so it's not about him, but it's just about like why can't we see that Disney can be just as patronizing and full of shit when it comes to us as to any other group. You know, and I think that that suggests that it's difficult when it's your group. It's difficult. And you want it so badly. You want it so badly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so what we think of as a form of solidarity is really a sort of communalized form of individual striving. It's like this, you know what I'm saying? It's like, instead of like every man for himself, we're kind of like, well, let's, um, let's form a this loose coalition for our, for our own personal benefit. Rather than, you know, like, let's let's uplift the Asian man together or something. Whereas I'm like, well, what about the entire framework by which we even had to talk about that? Like, we even had to talk about the idea of a non-white man having to overcome some barriers or obstacles. Why are we simply saying, let's go advocate for ourselves when I think it's, I mean, I'm not questioning the why. I get why. It's yeah, yeah. convenient and it makes sense. But I'm just saying that I think it caps us in terms of like what role we can really play. You know, you know, and I, I don't, I, first things first, right? I, I, I don't think it's similarly as toxic, mm-hmm. right? right? Yeah. I mean, let's just get that out of the way, right? Yeah. Like, I, I think that actually it does, doesn't do justice to the boundaries of that word. 
and 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 really the you know it, it dilutes that that word right and the seriousness of that word um i do think his brand maybe is limited um and even in the world of sort of atomized celebrity i do think it'd be an interesting thought experiment just to think about you know i like i would love to see a yellow man's brand of charisma but not and and self-sufficiency and confidence but not necessarily tied to um you know that is so on the nose of of like how he is viewed uh primarily by women even that 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 shift i think would be a brand i could get behind even in the atomized world yeah 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 i think it's if i think there's a bit of a um it's not i'm not saying like it's a question i think of what do we think is good enough Hmm. you know and is that good enough for us i'm not saying that we can't think of it as a win i'm just saying like there is something limiting to this to say like we can be so easily bought off like the amount of asian male anger out there to me is promising in a way if we understand it yeah and harness it yeah it's like you know what the fact that we could take what, what are called racial microaggressions so seriously is to me a positive thing like if i was like a if i was like a you know, I think any other aggrieved group seeing Asian men becoming so angry about race is a positive thing to say like, man, even these guys get it, right? And in a way to 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 um, to so quickly capitulate and say that we're now in the good graces or we've now put Disney in our good graces despite the fact that they're, you know, some of the most opportunistic, you know, marketers out there, they want, I mean, they're copywriting fucking Mulan. Well, and rewriting I, the story for their own benefit. It's, you know what I mean? Like they, this is a company that is no friend of Asian culture. Let's put it that way. Like, I, I mean, I don't think, I don't think, you know, people who stand for Sumu is like, oh my God, I fucking love Disney. I right? think it, I think it, but what about Simu himself? You see, like Simu himself now is, you know, been hi- he's now a hired representative of Disney. You'll never see him put out a tweet anymore, ever. Of critical oh, I see, of I see. I, I, you're sort of, you're sort of um, framing this as a little bit of a loss because he's becoming absorbed by the establishment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's certain things he can't say now. That's right. right. That's and, right. and there are certain p- things that he's going to support unequivocally, right? So he's kind of making a fool out of himself, in my opinion, when he goes out you know, going, oh my God, oh my God, I'm in the same room as Benedict Cumberbatch yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that was embarrassing. All right, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. get over yourself. But that's what he's paid to do. And so I think that there is, I mean, th- this is not Glibly's, uh, this is not what Glibly said about Simu, but this is my yeah, problem yeah, yeah. with Simu in that sense. It's not him as a human being. I think he's oh, yeah, a fine human not. being. Yeah. But there are terms to his contract that he has to honor. And that those terms are no friends of, um, you know, they're no friends of us. I don't think they're friends of people generally. I think those are very pro-Disney, pro-corporate things that he has to do now. He's a corporate shill. I mean, but this is this is celebrity culture writ large, right? Yes, this is, I mean, totally. similar with Steven Yeun or Dave Chang. Or, I mean, do you also bemoan their rise as well? Because it, it's sort of a muzzling as well. I, not as much just because David Chang to me 
succeeded despite himself. I don't know. Like he, it's hard to say. Like I mean, to some extent, white people did select him, but like, I don't think he, I don't think he lobbied for that. I think it just kind of happened to him. I mean, he said, you know, like he has no idea how this happened to him, and I don't think he feels as beholden to a particular corporate interest that you know he he can never speak up against now. So I I I, I just don't think the terms of his contract were the same. Got it. As for Steven Yun, um, you know, it's hard to say. I've been, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, I think he's an interesting actor and stuff, but um, he's done some really interesting stuff. Like his turn in, um, what was that movie? Um, Sorry to bother you. Oh yeah, you know okay. stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah. there's an like Steven Yun to me. There's still. Uh, there's still a uh, he's a, he's a Michigan guy like you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we we yeah. should do a pot about Michigan Asians sometime because Michigan <laughs> Asians are some of the most like you know outspoken. Wait, are there more uh, of us? Who, Frank, who else Frank, is there? Frank Wu. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. come on. But you Al. Know, that, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, there are there are some of you. Maybe it has to do with the big three. You know. Yeah. A lot of our parents. Vincent Chin. It yeah, just happened in Detroit. I think that is part of it. I don't know. And and I didn't grow up learning about him, which is the great travesty. Mm. Really? Yeah, I, I learned about Vincent Chin in, in in college. I didn't I didn't learn about Your, Vincent like, Chin. Dad never told you about him. No, and 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 that's the thing is that he knew about how uh, essentially um, that uh, a lot of Chinese Americans had to deal with uh, sort of the um, collateral damage of anti Japanese sentiment. Mm. He didn't know about Vincent Chen. All right. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, he would, he would, he would try to talk about sort of racism in his own way. Yeah. He didn't have a language for it, but he was describing it. You know? mm. I um, mean, to your question, I guess I'm not trying to draw broad strokes here to say like Asian male celebrities are all bullshit. Definitely not saying that. Yeah. And I'm not saying yeah, Seema yeah. Lu's bullshit. I'm saying that, um, I, I think that it, it is particular to like, the kind of media game that Disney's trying to play with is pretty hegemonic. Mm. Uh, and to me represents some of the worst of what media is doing, which is co-opting politics mm. and wrapping itself in political messaging while being anathema to it. So, I mean, I guess what would be a better example of someone, you know, in the model of atomized celebrity, in the model of a white gate- gatekeeper choosing an individual yellow man would there be a better choice out there than Simu? Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I don't, I don't think it's a question of choice. I mean, it's a question of contractual obligation. Anyone who yeah. took that role is going to have to, you know, drink the Kool Aid. Definitely. You know, and they're Definitely. scanning for that. Um, I think Simu was a particularly obsequious kind of guy when it came to that. I mean, he has real ambitions for fame. And I think part of that is because he really does, ble- and maybe Glibly does have a point here, that he is, when it comes to the issue of the Asian male, is pretty one-track minded in terms of what that means. It's about, and every time he opens, and it's a legit thing. I'm not saying it's not legit, but it is about why don't, why do people kind of think of Asian men as physically unattractive? Yeah, they, okay? yeah that's right. That's right. I just, don't I mean I just think that that is a issue that should not come to define uh the issue of like Asian male identity in America. 
physical physical attraction. It shouldn't be the core of the. It should be a telltale sign of something's wrong. But our identity should not be go about fixing that problem because it's a merely a signal, I think, of much bigger problems. You know, and if you really want to like embrace like what it means to be a non-white man in America, you got to go deeper than white girls don't swipe on me. Or, you know, like, or there's some segment of Asian girls don't swipe on me. It's got to go deeper than that, I think, if you really want to embrace the full identity. I mean, I, I agree. But, yeah. but you know, let, let, let's let's work where Studio Glibly left off, which is to say, it's I, I don't think it's enough to be like, you know, these white corporate feminists, all they want to do is rise through the ranks in a dead way, in a capitalist way. I think, it, or, or it's not enough to say, you know, your abs are not enough. Well, what is the better definition? What, what is a more compelling definition of change, liberation for the yellow man? I think it's, I don't think it's about liberation for the yellow man. I think it's about us understanding that there is a common enemy out there yeah. that we're starting to get a better rendering of. And the more people of different stations and, and, and uh, positions in society who contribute to the understanding of what that problem is, the better. So I think we were, you know, if you're talking about stuff like what, what are the problems unique to the Asian man? What happens is again, we individualize or atomize grievance to say, look, everyone's concerned about the plight of uh, black Americans, but what about the Asian people? Or everyone's concerned about LGBTQ, but no one ever talks about the Asian man. Hey, we're non-white guys too. And we suffer. When are we going to get our chance to get hurt? I mean, I get that. But the thing is like, you can think of it. I think of it like this. I think of it that what's that parable? The one about um, three blind men. Oh, they're touching the elephant. Touching the elephant. Yeah, yeah. They're all touching different parts of it. Yes. And yeah, so yeah. we're touching our part of it. And that comes in the form of the particularized grievances got that, it, we, got it. that we suffer. Don't focus on a, you know, even at the risk of sort of bemoaning intersectionality. Don't Don't focus on an intersectional lifting up. Focus on the enemy. Yeah, I think so. You know, and I think that that's coming together. And the more that that's happening out there in the world, and we're not participating in that, the more we are behind the times and segregating ourselves yet again. Because if we're fighting this fight about, you know, when am I going to get my chance to rise up? When am I like, that's not the game anymore. That's not what people are talking about. People are talking about like, we need a fucking political revolution, right? Like we have a mainstream candidate out there that's electable that's saying this stuff. I'm not, I'm not a burning state, okay? I'm just saying that that's the point we're at now in the world is like people are ready to hear about how we need a fundamental challenging of some core problem, some core ideological problem. Yeah. And it goes beyond any of us. And we need to get, we need to offer our understanding of that. And I think- for me, okay, like, let's stop talking abstract, right? For me, as an example, like, I've seen things in my education and in my career path that gives me an understanding of what's actually happening. But the, the, the key is, like, how do you, you, how do you share that with the world? Like, how do you get your message out? Like, and it's not racial, right? It's not necessarily racial. But maybe I was attuned to it because... As an Asian guy, I always felt like a little bit of an outsider. So I'm always kind of yeah, yeah. have a critical view of what's going on or whatever. But um, how many of us out there 
are in fields like medicine, law, economics, academics, and know the problems deeply from inside, that we could contribute so much to that fight if we were willing to join it. And I think that's the problem that we should overcome is like, um, do we, you know, are we in this for ourselves or have we learned something along the way that suggests like maybe we should lend our expertise, our hard-earned exp expertise to something? I mean, I think it goes both ways. Like a partial insider status, uh, you know, could be a trap. But you're right, you know, it could be used for, for, for good. But I, I like what you're saying about sort of focusing on the enemy instead of focusing on the ways in which a particular group can, can be, quote unquote, raised up. Right. Right. Um, and I think this is actually, this ties in some threads that we've been talking about for a while about coalition, right? I'm always bemoaning, why the hell is the yellow man's coalition so thin, mm. right? Mm -hmm. To, I mean, let's just, a couple examples, I mean, trans men, right? If there's one group of people who knows what it's like to, to be called not a real man, it's the yellow, it's the yellow man, mm -hmm. right? For, 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 for women, you know, we, we know. I, sorry, but I highly, I mean, I don't know where you're going with that, but I highly doubt that the lack of coalition between Asian men and trans men is on the part of, oh, I'm not, I'm on, not. The, on the part of them. It, it was probably, it would probably be on the part of us, right? I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. I think the coalition is, is, a two-way road, mm -hmm. right? Um, all, but all I'm saying is that it should be, you know, the, the, the coalition should be much, much more robust. But I think, you know, just to play sort of a little bit of like devil's advocate, right? Uh, I, I know what you're saying about, you know, common enemy and let's focus on the enemy. But to the Asian guy who says, look, man, I'm a lawyer. I'm a doctor. I live in a nice house in a high cost of living area. I got everything except dates on Tinder. Deal with it. But, but, but what do you mean deal with it? Like, how, how is this deal with common, it in your own way? How, how does this common enemy benefit me? Can, can you communicate a, uh, a... But that's the wrong... I mean, that's the mindset that will never get you there, right? Because if you think that it's... I think the, the idea of coalition... Uh, sorry, and I'm not... I'm, ju I'm just thinking out loud because I'm like just coming around to some of these ideas myself. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I'm just playing devil's advocate because, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. But I think the idea of coalition has got to go beyond limiting myself to under like what's in it for me i think there's a type of coalition which is like some sort of um there's a deal making kind of coalition that i think is a it's a different thing right it's deal making it's like my community will um you know it, we could we have a whole agenda list and you know these things will cave on and these things we can agree to if you agree to it's a negotiation right but that is all that's still in the mode of sort of like self-interest i'm not against self-interest i yeah i think self-interest is key yeah i find this yeah. this conversation really interesting because mm -hmm. it has completely flipped right yeah. I, i'm the one usually saying just saying self-interest mm -hmm. Is a, is a, is a selfish and, and narrow lens. And you're the one saying, you know, when we're talking about SH, SHSAT or affirmative action mm -hmm. at Harvard, you're saying, well, it has to be like Asian Americans deserve self interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, but, but, but let's apply it to this case for, for the guy who is liminally white, mm -hmm. who has almost all the trappings of a white man outside of this one focal issue and is hyper focused on this. Yeah. Can you communicate a, uh, a contract of coalition to focus on a common enemy that would be compelling to him. I mean, I suppose,
suppose that there is some something to the narrative about the Asian man and the black woman sharing similar gender race coordinates. Yeah, yeah. That is might be meaningful to him. And um I've always found that to be a very dangerous thing to talk like to take too seriously because we don't have black women problems. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Except in this very narrow sense. But even then I question whether that's true. Uh-huh. Right. I, I think like we've talked about this. I think the comparison should be between black women and Asian women. Uh-huh. Not not comparing what's similar between Asian men and black women, which is not much. Okay. Um but I think I guess like there is a shared you could say that there's like for that guy and I you see this online like you know oh yeah we really gotta like start dating black women because we understand each other like that's totally cool like hey the more Asian male black female couples out there the better if you ask me sure but is that coalition I don't know I don't know if that's coalition I think that's like you know. Dating is not coalition. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Dating is not coalition. Sure. Um, or if it is, it's a tiny portion of it. Yeah, yeah. Though in the broader sense, I guess, like, um, if Asian men do understand the problems of black women in in the sense of, like, I'm a non-white person in the society, I've gotten a taste of what that discrimination is like. I have I suffer my own form of it. And I can only imagine what it would be like for a black woman. That's more coalitional to me. Sure. You know, I guess I, it's more like, do we view, like, we got to, I think, embrace the idea that we are privileged and yet we still won't embrace that status. Like, meaning our standards are fucking high. We should have high standards for ourselves where it's like, I'm okay, maybe you can make the case that we're like 90% there, but it's that 10% that tells you everything. You know, it's 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 yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. that it's asymptotic, the fact that you get excluded. It's not because I I want that last 10% so much, but why is it there in the first place? What is that about? You know, and I think plenty of Asian guys are happy enough, close enough. And that's fine, but I think that's in the that's the result of a but it's still like a splinter in their mind to be like, I mean, it sure probably bothers the fuck out of most Asian dudes. That they know the glass ceiling exists, that there is this like stark gender divide. Um, Dating, that, swiping left, yeah, yeah, all you that. You know, it probably bothers the shit out of them. Totally. So the question is maybe how do you get over that? Not how do you solve it, but how do you get over that? Um, because I don't think, you know, having more Shang Chi's and Simu Lu is going to solve it. It's going to make it worse in many ways. Um, so I think. Wait, wait, wait. Where were you going with that? Why, why, why would it get worse? Well, I think um, just more asymptotic. Yeah, I think Simu is just pushing us further in the direction. I mean, not Simu. Uh, I, I, I shouldn't say Simu, but I mean this concept that like we need more sexy stars. We need more <laughs> yeah, like yeah, we need yeah. more of the, you know, of that. Like, it's going to just keep pushing this uh, people in the same direction of saying like, let's keep approaching white status let's keep getting closer we're, we're oh, now we're a little bit closer let's keep pushing i feel like they're pushing in the wrong direction like to mm. get over it to, like they're trying to solve the problem for themselves like we are trying to solve the problem for ourselves which is the delta between us and white men 
And it's a problem that you can't solve. It's to me, I think I said, it's like a, uh, what did I say? Oh, it's like, um, that's taking the temperature on the problem. Like the fact that the delta between us and white men is just one measurement of the problem of white supremacy, right? In all its like various forms, this is one of the least, like, let's face it, this is not the biggest problem <laughs> by far, okay? But if we take it too seriously, like if we think that this is like white supremacy incarnate, then like our whole worldview is going to be fucked up. But if we understand that this is like our uh, opportunity to, to recognize that something is wrong, like that's the best thing that might have ever happened to you. To, to suffer in such a small way relative to how many other people suffer. Um, but to allow that to open your eyes up to the, the truth of what's happening. Uh, white supremacy sprouting. I mean, it's, it's coming out unmasked now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucking terrifying that we were allowed to experience it in a safe way and if we don't open our, if we don't take that opportunity, then it just becomes this like deeply entrenched personal problem. And where are you going to go with that? You know, I mean, I guess I just see it as like so vastly tilted toward the side of open up your fucking eyes versus how do I get, how do I get from Simu to Asian Brad Pitt? You know? Right, right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. Are you kidding me? You know? And, and that's the thing is that I, I you know, I, I'm like relatively new to whatever, like Asian men on the internet. But I do think that like there has been a turn and I think a, a healthy one to some extent towards structuralism. I think that's great. Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. Like, but, but it's also like structuralism should be expansive. Mm. It shouldn't mean like you can't do anything about it and you should bury yourself deeper within that inevitability. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like it should, it should be like, yeah, and here are the structures and, and there's so many more right um and I, and i and i do think that 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 will be like the start of like coalition or whatever yeah um yeah i guess what's needed going forward you know for like people not asian men like i think we talk a lot about what do asian men need yeah, or asian we are people asian men, yeah but i think the question should be here i think is where the question should be an individual question is what does the individual need and I think the individual needs right now, what's missing, I think, is moral identity, something like that, some kind of like moral fiber, some, some, something in us that we refuse to compromise. That's your backbone. That's your stance, right? And I don't think people have that right now. And I think as an Asian man, like we could see ourselves as being in a particularly uh, lucky spot to be like, we do have our sense of moral um, integrity or, or sense of morality and right and right and wrong violated, but in relatively non-threatening ways. I mean, like people are going to get mad if I say that, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, we've yeah. talked about violence against Asia. Like, it's not like we don't know what's going on. I'm just saying, like, if we take our if we're for, for the privileged Asian men out there, right? Like, who, whatever. If you don't suffer an insane amount of just in your face 
you know, threats of violence, if you integrate fairly well with white society, if you kind of go about life problem free, relatively speaking, but you have this thing inside of you that's like, man, what the fuck? What the fuck? Right. That's a good thing. I think like that's your moral fiber being tested. Right. You know, and, and I think that if we, I think we need to go further down that route is my opinion. I think that we should see that the fact that we are subject to, you know, these kinds of outrages, like we feel outraged. It's a good thing. You know, as long as we understand that it's not just about us. Yeah, I agree. Because your morality cannot be based just around you. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Oh, and, and that's, and that's kind of what you were saying too about sort of like, it's not just about, yeah, I mean, I, that's the tricky thing, right? Because are we talking about the coalitional, which is, I think, a specific contract? Yeah. Or about the sort of more general moral, which is like about everyone else. You know, the system fucks all sorts of people, right? I, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you when you, in previous things we've talked about, like affirmative action stuff, where the coalitional has to be a specific contract and the, and, and all parties have to benefit. Mm-hmm. but i think what we're talking about more is more of the moral like maybe yeah moral I, I sensitivity. think that's right i think that's right and it's such an interesting time for me as a chinese american man because i'm seeing the ways in which chinese men like a lot of times i think the 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 stereotypes exist in binaries so while we're considered effeminate and feckless at the same time, we're probably the most threatening people in, in, in an abstract way. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, nothing yeah. is more threatening in a way to the, to the idea of like American exceptionalism, white supremacy than watching Chinese people do their thing. You mean from a yellow peril perspective? From, yeah, just, just from the glow, like nothing is right now on earth is challenging white dominance on the globe quite the same way as the rise of Asia. Right, right, right. Which that, is projected onto our bodies. Yeah, and that's the yeah. global framing now. That's like top level shit. The whole thing's framed in the way in which it's Asians who are presenting like not a moral challenge, a material challenge to white supremacy. Right, right. And that puts Asian people, I think, that puts for me, Asian diaspora. is a really strange identity marker to be like, do you really think that you're just desexualized because that they just think you're de- you have no dick. Do you think they literally think like that's not what it is, right? I think that if you dig deeper into it, there is a deep sense of threat from us. And I think like if you do present like if you are in that position, um it opens up a lot of interesting possibilities for yourself. And, and how you understand yourself. Because I do think like people see Asians as a threat. And yeah, I'm not yeah, entirely sad about that fact. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like all those laws, right, that yeah. that would strip the citizenship away from a white man, a white woman if they married a yellow man mm-hmm. was because of uh, the, essentially the, the Democrats, uh, which were at the time very, the, much more racist than the Republicans, um, their stances and being very pro uh, white working class. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
Yeah, that, that yeah, that's an interesting question. Of, yeah, of, but, but, like, think about it. Like, right now, they're saying stuff. Like, what's going on? If you look at the media, they keep talking about stuff about how um, China's really going to be no no better of one of the capitalist overlords superpowers of this world than America is because they don't believe in individual freedom. They don't believe in women's rights. They don't believe in free press. They don't believe in any of this shit. So they're worse than us. Okay. But what if the fear is that there might be more of a moral fiber to the Asians than to the ways in which white people have spread fucking just disaster around the world? What if it might be that they're better stewards of it than white people? I don't know if that's true. I'm not making that argument. I'm just saying, what if? What if the the Asian the Asian identity comes with more moral fiber? Like, what if our positioning as threats to white supremacy were not simply about the Asians' desire for power, but rather there's a moral vision that we have and and white supremacy has violated every aspect of that so we're not afraid to challenge you all on it you know i don't know if that's true but i would love for that to be true yeah i don't i don't know if that's true but um i mean that's an interesting thought experiment i mean i, mean, I, th- I do think what's really interesting and i had a conversation with my dad about this and you know i think um i'm really thankful for uh sort of debates around this but you know, I, I basically said to him, you know, I definitely think we both, you know, both countries have an incredible amount of propaganda. You know, they have huge propaganda machines. We, we can get to the specifics of, of how or why. Um, and I definitely do think they compete in very material ways. But when you can't compete in material ways, I think that that's where the difference lies. Now, of course, I definitely do think um, the United States has a history and, and, and political framework of, of um, civic life that maybe China does lack. But I do think that a lot of, of, of the moral sort of bashing of China has to do because we can't compete on the old terms of the game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is, I mean, you, you ask, you ask your uh, low class or middle class white person, what do you think of China? And they're all moral frameworks. Yeah, that's right. And and what's really interesting is that how Chinese currently compete is how the United States currently, or how the United States competed maybe a hundred years ago, which is heavy industry, right? They, you know, the question that I got when I was living there the most, almost like within five minutes of meeting a Chinese person after they learned that I, I, you know, I'm from the United States is, you know, like, so United States and China, which one's better? And they, and they, and, you know, they didn't want to use a moral lens because in some ways they didn't need to, mm-hmm. right? They point to the bridges. They point to, you know, the, their bullet trains. And in fact, that's the American way. Uh, of of competition and i do think that they're They're, sorry i don't mean to interrupt they're also stuck a little bit on their own grievance narrative oh absolutely from world war ii absolutely which i have learned since i was a kid i'm totally sympathetic to it i'm not speaking against it but yeah 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 yeah, they're they're that's that's motivating a lot of this for sure absolutely yeah 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 yeah. it's their turn right it's this idea that we've been fucked or whatever for so long and you know whatever um and yeah, you know, that, that's really fascinating. I had a really, uh, part of that conversation was talking about, you know, the, the, the perils of um, 
of grievance narratives when they can go too far, right? I mean, there there is something that is similar to sort of Israel, right? Uh, to the Chinese grievance narrative, right? We can do whatever the fuck we want because we've been fucked, yeah, right. Um, but yeah, no, no, it's 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 totally fascinating because in some ways I, I think we can't compete on our own terms, and I think that's something about the American psyche that is in threat. So we have to rely on these other things. Yeah, yeah. As for the Asian American person you know i think it's it's it, there's a weird there's a like a kind of like weird parallel in the sense that you know asian americans do threaten the the idea of like white meritocracy because hmm. we keep kicking their asses like you know on the on all meritocratic fronts right so they need to move the goalposts in terms of like who gets into harvard or uh, whatever uh, yeah, you know yeah, stuff yeah. like that so there is like this fear so then we get labeled as cheats Right. Sure, then sure. we get labeled as whatever. Automatons. Yeah. Like there's, there's some, well, the strength that you have is because of some other deficiency that we didn't count for. Now we've got to account for the fact that you're an automaton, <laughs> you know, like you have no personality. That's right. You know, That's stuff right. like that. And, uh, so I do find that the discrimination against us is a particularly, there's a particular, it's very infuriating in a way because it's like moving goalposts, you know, it's like we're never good enough. And I'm like, you're never, we're never going to win that game. We're never going to win that game so long as our goal is to be seen as their equal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're never going to win. So no, you could have 10 Simulus. It's not going to help you on the, you know, the Tinder stuff or whatever. It, I mean, I, I honestly don't think so. But, you know, it, it, it's not about that. It, and, you know, I'm not saying culture doesn't matter. But, like, you know, I've been reading a little bit more about BTS. Okay. The thing about BTS, which I do think is really helping with the image of Asians, it's their lyrics. It's the message that they bring, right? That it's, it's what BTS actually stands for as an artistic endeavor that matters hmm. more than, man, they can really dance or man, he's hot or man, like, you know, like what, 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 a, what production value? The people who get really pulled into BTS from what I've read, and there's been a lot of good, great pieces about it is that they have politics. They're a political group, like a band. They have a, they have a politics about them. Uh, I don't understand it, but it has a lot to do with, uh, promoting a sense of compassion, hmm. uh, to, you know, a, a global youth that has not been taught that, you know, so I think there's a real BTS to me is a more, uh, promising example, I think, of like Asian, cultural uh asian what how i put this media representation or something like that is like there really is a something different about them i don't know how honest how bonafide it is but that's how people view them yeah and and i think you know this reminds me of of right like the I, i forget if this was like a tweet or if this was just when we were talking uh, but someone had said, like, you know, a great test of of whether or not this is essentially just, you know, like the the white liberal, you know, gatekeepers just, uh, you know, throwing us a bone is whether or not if you turn, you know, a character white does does the or if you turn a character into a person of color, whether that be a black or Asian or whatever, does the does the story fundamentally change? Mm-hmm. And and I, I would like to propose a similar test. When we have a valorized idea like a simulu or whatever, is it just is the terminal conclusion of that ideal a white woman or a white man 
you know and if it is maybe 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 the the you know maybe the um our standards are too low you're saying if we're basically playing the same game as white people yeah yeah exactly yeah 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 and i think bts as an example might be challenging that to some extent to say um there's not a white version of bts there's not yeah. a white version of bts as far as i know well i, well, I heard that I mean, now white people are making their own k-pop bands so maybe yeah, that's different. Yeah, yeah. fuck that <laughs> but like you know there's such a challenge to the I think there's such a challenge to the kind of going order of music as being, I mean, I think pop, I think of popular music as being a pretty overall, especially right now, like fairly negative, kind of a shitty culture. Oh, oh yeah, to be perfectly yeah, yeah, honest, because yeah, yeah. yeah. of scandal and it's and, and just dead. like the na- the just like the the weak nature of it, like it's so weak, like there, no one's saying anything. Like, it's just like self indulgent stuff. Sure. And I think BTS was such a challenge to that because the the amount, the complexity of their messaging and the, the you know, like they had a video where like, uh, like there were all these bombed out vehicles and shit. And it was like a reference to the highway of death during the first Gulf War. I don't know why, but I'm just like, God damn, they're really layering shit. in there. Like wow. there's a lot of, I don't, not like, I'm not a stand of BTS, but there's a lot of shit in there. This is this is not my wheelhouse. But it's that's, not my wheelhouse either. That's, but that's, uh, that's cool. That's surprising. It, it, it goes really deep and they're presenting such a threat. I mean, you can tell. I think my my test is how threatening is it? Because Simu mm-hmm. Liu poses no threat. Whereas BTS is such a threat that like the MTV awards had to like decide to sort of like segregate them into the K-pop, <laughs> the best K-pop video. That's right. Awards. That's right. Like you can't compete with the rest of us. We got to put you into your own best K-pop group because you're going to dethrone. Some you're going to dethrone us. So we've we've got to contain you. So BTS is not. It's different. They're not asking for white permission. White people are actively trying to box them out, and despite their best efforts, they're killing it. You know. And I think that there's a huge distinction to be drawn. Um, you know, and, and that's, and I, I know that there's, there's a lot of Asian American thought that has proposed some idealization, romanticization of the homeland and saying if, if, if true change is going to happen, it's going to be through Asian imports from the homeland or the rise of China and, you know, essentially like, you know, yellow viewership international yellow viewership flexing their 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 wallets right um and that's that's something that that is different and you know can you name a similar example amongst the diaspora that is a threat because it's different when bts has their own market and it's just gigantic right and they're coming from you know a completely different thing and Hard to say, man. Yeah, that's hard. I think for diaspora, it's totally different. Yeah, because we're just so embedded in the system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. Is 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 how different can our can diaspora Asians' ideals really be? Yeah, that is that's the question. I guess that's what this whole podcast so far was about. Yeah, in a way. Um, how far can we? How like we if we think that this whole tree is rotten, like how far can we fall off of it? Um. That's right. You know, it's hard. It's a, it's a hard thing. But like I said, I mean, if people are take for me personally, I mean, all of these conversations are very personal in a way, like no matter how much we think we're talking about bigger issues, it's all about ourselves. And I think, you know, um, it, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to keep, it's hard to keep a, it's hard to keep a sense of like, um, consistent identity 
or it's hard to feel like a stable it's hard to feel like a stable entity in America now if you ask me yeah and I think it boils down to that is like you know how seriously do you take your relationship with the world and or are you willing to just draw like where do you draw where do you drop that where do you drop drop that that curtain where you're like I don't want to see past that like do you know what I mean like there's just certain things that just don't matter to me, hmm. even hmm. though I know they're happening. Because uh, you can't over... I'm not saying it should be infinite. I mean, you can't overextend yourself, obviously. But I'm just saying, like, we need to figure out our zone of, like, compassion. Oh, and, I see. You know, see. like, how far out are we willing to extend? And I kind of see, like, online, I was a little bit dismayed that how difficult it was for Asian women and men to extend that just to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, if we can't extend it to, like... The gender divide is real. If the if we can't even extend it beyond gender, then it's hopeless. Um, it, to the same race, you know. <laughs> so, I think like least we have to first step is we've got to get the house in order in terms of like how we approach these gender topics. Um, you mean within Asian America? Within Asian America, I think I yeah, think yeah. Asian, it's time that Asian some some Asian men have to lead the way in terms of like integrating and 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 understanding the problems that asian women face without first demanding that we have our problems heard out first because we need we have spent a good amount of time hearing our own problems out amongst ourselves and if we've done that correctly then we should be able to understand asian women without their having to be an immediate tit for tat you know like yeah 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 so I guess that's where I'm, I'm. I've not always felt this way, but as time goes on, you know, like we've, we, you and me, we've done these kind of things, and it, everyone, everyone tries to figure it out, and we should just drop breadcrumbs <laughs> as much as we can to the extent that we think we're doing something. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's also another question: is can we, can we, can we go back to a blank slate? Can we go back to Tabula Rasa where, you know, the past was the past? Because one thing that, you know, I mean, even at the beginning of my Asian American consciousness, I, I feel like the thing I recognized right away was just we have so much baggage, right? We got we have 30 years of gender divide. We had, you know, um, and, it, and it shows up in our music and it shows up in our in our culture and our in our cultural products, the gender divide. And um and it shows up in certainly on the internet, but that's just the, 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 the tip of the iceberg. And so, yeah, I mean, I agree. I agree. Like we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of healing to do. And, but you know, what, what is interesting is that it's so much better in a lot of the, it, it's so interesting that like our cultural products almost don't represent us as well as our actual relationships. You know, like you see, you, you see the gender divide so bad, but then you see, you see Asian Americans having friends across the gender aisle, you know, like mm -hmm. pretty easily. Mm. And uh, it's always bewildering. I mean, I, I, I don't really have any hypotheses why. I think it's the internet. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think the internet's just a freakish place where, like I said, I mean, a lot of this stuff, um, I, I didn't see this anywhere except on Reddit. Yeah. I didn't see it on Facebook. I didn't really see it on Twitter. Well, I wasn't part of Twitter, but I didn't see it on Twitter. It was in Reddit. And I think the reason is because Reddit is an anonymous forum. And there's a, there, like, anonymity is treasured on Reddit. So you can yeah, create right. an account, no problem. 
it's very hard to dox people on Reddit. And I think that what we were holding, like, although our relationships were good, I still think that there were things that went unsaid, but that were felt. Yeah, right, right. And we overlooked it. But there came a point where once we had this outlet of anonymity, but also community, like, I don't know who you are, but I know that you're an Asian guy, right? That's that's Reddit. Is this outpouring, this just ro- like torrent of um, the shadow identity yeah, of, yeah, Asian, yeah. of Asian men. Uh, and that happened with all around the internet. It wasn't just Asian guys. It was eight men in general and women too. Sh- releasing sort of their shadow, projecting their shadow identity onto places like Reddit. Some treated it like a cesspool to just dump all their most negative shit into some trash bin and forgetting about it. While I think others, um, and I think a lot of those of us who started Plan A were of the type that were like, wait, 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 this is a communal space. This is a commons. You can't just shit on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so we try to take it more seriously. And I think part of it was we should take our shadow identities more seriously. Mm. You know, not always try to be such positive performant so so performatively positive all the time yeah yeah, um and you can't have uh you can't have compassion for someone until you understand the um the shadow side and that the thing that you keep private is present in others and once you see it in yourself you're going to see it in other people so the question is how do you deal with your own before you go around trying to tell other people how to deal with theirs yeah yeah so I don't know. Um, well, we're at what an hour and thirteen. Hour thirteen. Wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. That was fun, man. Yeah, uh, was a we good we were playing with this uh, this fuck like you, you're like an audio pro because you go down. You say you go down these um these these uh, click holes or these rabbit holes oh of gosh, like yeah. technical obsessions. I the, kind of understand that. I the, get it myself. Like I I went that way with like camera gear. Not that I never go that deep, but I know I know way more about cameras than like anyone should. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for someone that like has nothing to do with photography, I know way too much. Yeah, no, I love I love rabbit holes. I don't know. I think it's just like a cathartic distraction. I, I wish and, I had uh, yeah. a job or a career that required me to know this much about <laughs> some of this shit. You know what I mean? I mean, the law isn't that way. It's technical. No, I never holes. get as geeky about law as this shit. Like, no way. Oh, oh, I see. I see. But it, like, I'm not compelled to read about law, like the same way. Like, I'm feel com- compelled to be like to read about like crop sensors and and light. You know, like it, it's just it's just yeah. The technical uh, rabbit hole is definitely strong in you, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, totally. But it is about the the ultimately it's about the the products that you build. Uh, I told you about my friend uh, Lo Yang, right? Uh huh. No, uh, I, I think I linked her photography. Oh yeah, uh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah. the photographer in China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's amazing. She's amazing. She's absolutely incredible. Like um, it's just like I see her photographs and immediately you know it's her. You yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really cool. Well, well. So about technical obsession. Um, I mean, I was I was freelancing in uh, I was doing freelance photography in China at the time, and I remember from a technical perspective. Like she didn't give a shit about cameras. Mm. I was like, what kind of camera do you He's like, I, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. But she, the important stuff that really builds a product, she, she knew, she knew how to get subjects. Mm-hmm. She knew have, uh, she had access to them. She knew how to make them comfortable. Um, she knew how to pose them really well. Yeah. She knew lighting, like all that shit. 
And I feel she was like, like an Annie Leibovitz type style kind of mind where yeah. it's like, just get the image to come out somehow. Yeah. Some yeah, way. yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like the sort of like the person that, you know, thinks that they'll, you know, move their craft by sort of just like really just sort of like digging online. I think, you know, you got to get out there and, and, and make stuff. No, but I want to be, no, here's the thing though. I want to be like, there were times where I'm like, I would be happy just being the tech nerd on the set of a movie. <laughs> like no one's asking me my creative input. No one's asking me what my vision is. They're just like, Hey, what lens should we use here? Yeah, yeah, what yeah, focal yeah. length should we use? Like, oh, this, <laughs> there's something you, tidy about that, right? Yeah. There's it's something clean. tidy about that. It's like, clean. Just, just let me know the, I can just handle all the nerdy shit for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't care. I don't want to create anything. I just, just, I just want to be able to spend hours on the internet researching shit that for just because I want to. And then somehow that becomes like productive activity. Teen, you've been, you would have been a fantastic surgeon. Just cut it out. It's clean. You're done. <laughs> it's like a, you know, it's a physical act. I got friends that are surgeons. No way. <laughs> no, I would never survive that shit. Anyway. Cool. Go, man. Yep. Uh, Wrap it up. Uh, First live pod in my uh, pod.